0: Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Well, we want to look at uh, God's word today, and it is uh, entitled, um, Prayer Changes Me. Prayer changes me. And here's the here's the big thought, if you want to write this down, that prayer is not just about results, it's about relationship. Prayer is not just about results, it's about relationship. So I, I read this story, I've shared some of this, you know, through the years and at different settings and things, but thought it appropriate as we begin our year. Some people say that prayer is like the breath a Christian breathes, that we should just be in constant relationship with the Lord and and prayer is not just a laundry list of the things we need and want it's just spending time with God it's interacting with Jesus it's it's loving him him loving us us being able to talk and be real and be open uh with with God I think I think that needs to be a bigger part of our life um sometimes the longer we've been in church we think or maybe not. I, I don't know. Maybe all of us face this sort of thing. But we think, well, I don't want God to know. Well, let me tell you a secret. God already knows. And he's someone safe that you can tell and talk to and because he loves you so desperately. And he will never stop loving you no matter what you're facing and no matter what you're going through. If you get nothing else from today and from this year and you end up understanding God's love More, then this will be a successful year for you. So anyway, excuse me. This little boy knelt at his bed to say his bedtime prayers. Lord, please bless mommy and daddy and auntie and uncle. And Lord, give us a good day. And please give me a bicycle for Christmas. And the boy's mother heard him yelling and wondered at his behavior. And she walked into the room and said, "Son, you you don't have to scream. God, God can hear you." The boy looked up uh, with big eyes and said, "Mom, I know God can hear me, but Grandma can't hear me very well, and she's the one that has the money for the bike." Ah, love it, love it, love it, love it. So let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one, verse uh, verses one and two. Luke chapter one, verses one and two. I know on your screen some of this verse is blanked out. Because of my picture in there, uh, sometimes it's difficult to get all of my technology working uh, together. But it's Luke uh, one one. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said, "Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples." So look, look what's happening here. Jesus was praying. When he finished, they were so overcome by his type of prayer that they said lord teach us to pray had they ever heard anyone praying before yes they were part of the local synagogue they they knew the religious leaders some of them might have grown up in what we would say sunday school they were trained in the religion of the time but they had never heard a prayer based on relationship relationship And so when the disciples saw Jesus teaching or praying, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Isn't it interesting? He had already preached messages. He had already healed the sick, but they didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach or Lord, teach us to do miracles or teach us to lead. What they asked was teach us to pray, teach us to pray. They understood through observation the importance of prayer in Jesus's life. And so, look at it. It's very simple. If Jesus prayed, how much more do we need to pray? If Jesus maintained perfect unity with God the Father through prayer, because he was out of God the Father's immediate glory, okay? when he came to earth, his glory was veiled, he entered into time, although he was eternal, and so to maintain perfect unity with the Father, to continue to do the Father's will to perfection, that was accomplished through prayer, through prayer, by speaking to his Father. And there are many prayers of Jesus in the Bible, and that might be a good uh, sermon series some someday. Pastor Joe, Pastor Roe, Pastor Rick, remind me of that someday, and um, we'll, we'll look at that uh, together. They understood through observing Jesus' prayer life that they needed to know how to pray. So how does he teach them? He teaches them uh by just speaking to them very simply. Now we're in Matthew chapter 6 verse 5. Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 and it says it says this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. See, they were praying to themselves for themselves, and so they've received their reward already. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father. See relationship there? I'm going to get to that more in a minute. Pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I used to think that reward was um, the reward was the results of my prayer. But now I know better that the reward is the relationship that comes through prayer. It's a relationship that we can have with God Almighty. The reward is not the results. The reward is the relationship that we have. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Then why do we have to ask if He already knows? Because it's not about results. It's about relationship it's about spending time with god in his presence and god with us it's not about it's not just about results it's about relationship so he teaches them to pray uh three different ways and this is very very simple and i'm going to walk you through it prayer changes me the first way to, that we are to pray is to pray sincerely. Again, we see the, the contrasts of motives within this story that he tells in Matthew chapter 6. Do not be like the hypocrites. They were fakes. They were phonies. They prayed for their own recognition. They were drawing attention to themselves. And it, again, let's go back to that idea of the disciples have heard, had heard the religious leaders praying. But when they heard Jesus praying, they knew it was something different. There was something different there, and they said to Jesus, we don't, they, we, I don't think we ever hear them say, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to do miracles, or, or, or teach us to preach, or teach us to do miracles. I don't think we ever hear them say that, but we know they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they understood if we can get this prayer thing down, if we can work on our relationship between us and God, then everything else will take care of itself. Don't be like the hypocrites. You don't have to pray in front of church. And there's, a, there's a, an importance to corporate group prayer, and we see that in the book of Acts often. There's an importance to that. But even when we're praying in public, it has to come from a sincere heart, not a fake, not a hypocrite, not a phony not someone that talks one way in church and lives another way throughout the week. That's a fake. That's a that's a phony. And that that's how can I say it it's it's just not real and God has something so much better for you. The idea of hypocrite actually has the idea of wearing a mask. And you know what, we don't have to wear a mask in front of God. He sees through all of that. We can be real. We can be honest. Read the Psalms. Read the Psalms and and see how real the emotions are. See how real the people are, the psalmists are, in sharing their heart with God. And who did it better than David? And God says that David had a heart after God. See, David was real. He shared his true thoughts. You can do the same prayer. Pray sincerely. Jesus said those that are hypocrites, that are fakes and phonies, that aren't real, they've already received their reward." People stand by and they go, oh, that was a beautiful prayer. But it never goes beyond the ceiling. I think brokenness, God hears. A contrite heart, God hears. A humble heart, God hears. Here's a simple, humble prayer. God, I don't have it all together. I don't know what to do. I need you. I think God responds to that. Pray sincerely. Pray secretly. Listen to this. God is the audience, not other people. God is the audience, not other people. It doesn't matter what other people think about your prayers. It matters what God thinks. And so don't go in public. And again, I'm not talking about church realm. I'm talking about in the public realm and make a show of prayer. I was in a situation one time and this was, listen, the person was incredibly sincere and I totally get it, but I was sort of against it. We were going before a zoning board in my last church and Uh, some of the leaders had gathered and and um, our attorney was a believer and and wanted to pray in the lobby and I said you know I'm not really into that let's go outside and here's the reason I did it because those outside of the kingdom wouldn't understand what we were doing and it wasn't for their benefit it was for our relationship with God you see the secrecy of that. It's not about a show. God is the audience and not the other people. Not that the people that wanted to pray in the lobby were trying to do it for a show, but there's something about the secret praying secretly. My mom's listening as you know, she watches every week. I'm her favorite or second favorite preacher. I'm tied with my brother uh Jim. We'll just leave it at that. I'm tied with my brother Jim. And I don't want to know which one's the favorite, Mom. So I know that you love us. I'm teasing with her. She's watching. Uh, But there was a lady in our church, and I'm not going to say her name. Her first name was Jean. And no one ever knew about her husband. Didn't know much about him. She didn't talk about him uh, a whole lot. But I remember on a Sunday night uh, back in the day when we would do testimonies, and she stood up and she said, "Uh, My husband received the Lord. I've been praying for him privately for... X number of years, 10, 20, 30 years, and he got saved. And we never even knew her situation. You know why? Because she went into her prayer closet and she prayed. It wasn't about revealing all of the details of her life so everybody could know every secret of her life. It's about praying secretly to a God that knows, that cares, and understands. There was a man praying in church one day in the Church of England, England, and his English was terrible, it was broken. Uh, He was doing a horrible job destroying the king's English. A lady who was hearing his prayers was just beside herself as the man spoke in this manner. And after he said amen, she said to him in all of her pomposity, young man, that was the worst grammar and articulation I've ever heard in my life. I'm disgusted that you would talk like that. And this uneducated man turned and looked at the woman and said, but lady, I wasn't talking to you. I love it. Prayer is communication with God. Pray sincerely, pray secretly, and pray simply. Don't babble on like the pagans. Many words don't impress him. I actually have learned that it's not the length of the prayer that matters, it's the sincerity of the prayer that matters. Pray sincerely, pray secretly. Pray simply. There's a story that, um, well, wait, I'll get to that in a minute. But I love the, the story of Elijah where he prayed down fire. And this is found in First Kings 18, 26 through 29. Most of you know this. So they, the prophets of Baal were praying to their God that was non-existent. Oh Baal, answer us, but there was no reply of any kind. They danced. They hobbled around the altar they had made. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You have to shout louder, for surely he is a god. Perhaps he's daydreaming, or excuse this, this is Elijah. That's why I always liked Elijah. Perhaps your god is relieving himself. Or maybe he is away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be awakened. So they shouted louder, following their normal custom. They cut themselves with knives and swords until blood came out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but still there was no sound, no, resp- no response, no reply. See, we don't have to go through all of those shenanigans in order to gain the attention of God. When my children come home or they call me and we video chat a lot of times, they don't have to go through all these shenanigans to get to me, to get me to listen. Listen, when my phone rings and I know it's one of my kids or my wife I respond instantly because I want to hear from them because of the relationship that we have is most important. Most important. It was exciting to share in Lindsay's joy. Why? Because of the relationship that we have. It's exciting to hear what's going on in Joe's life. Why? Because of the relationship that we have. So you don't have to go through all these shenanigans to get to God. God's there. What you have to do is take the time, just take the time, just stop doing what you're doing and call out to God wherever you're at, sincerely, secretly. It's, it's God that's listening. If nobody else ever hears a prayer that you've ever prayed, it's praying simply, not like these prophets of Baal And so here's what Elijah does, and you know the story. They heaped water on everything to make it humanly impossible for fire to come. And he prays, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. He doesn't say, oh, Lord, do this miracle so that it will be proven that I'm a prophet. He says, Lord, do this miracle for your glory that people's hearts would be turned. Do you see how he kept himself out of it? And he focused on God and on others. Sixty words, give or take. Sixty words was all it took for fire to come down and consume That sacrifice, 60 words. When Jesus taught them to pray, he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. (coughs) takes about 21 seconds to say that prayer. And yet everything in that prayer. Now, I'm not going to teach the whole the whole thing. But even uh, it starts with our Father. Okay, let me keep going. You still there? Give me a thumbs up or a yes or an amen. Keep going. God is there all the time. Amen. Thanks. I'm looking through that now. Yes. Just want to keep you there. Keep you there. Don't give up yet. I see Penny online. God bless you, Penny? Penny? Good for you, and I'm going to tease you, Penny, because I love you, but good for you at your age getting on Facebook. (laughs) Love you. Relationship, relationship, Penny. Glad to have you part of the church family. (laughs) The prophets of Baal used many words. The Pharisees prayed and babbled on. Jesus taught them 21 seconds. Now, that doesn't mean that after we've been serving the Lord that our prayers should only be 21 seconds, but we take those principles and apply them. Uh, Someone said "K. Arthur said this do you picture your heavenly father is too busy running his kingdom for you to interrupt him do your needs really matter to him she shares this a little boy bruised his knee and needed his daddy to fix it and with tears streaming down his face he ran to see his daddy seeing him coming the secretary quickly opened the massive doors and let him in right into his dad's office. His father was busy managing his business and was surrounded by his assistants. But in the midst of all of this, a little boy ran up to his father and climbed into his waiting lap. And what do you think the father did, the loving father? Did he push his son aside? Did he have him removed? No. Daddy's first response was, where does it hurt and how can I make it better? K. Okay, Arthur goes on to say, that's how it is with our heavenly father and us, his children. When we need our Father, we have direct access to him through Jesus Christ because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross and in the middle of his managing his kingdom. He invites us to sit on his lap and tell him where it hurts. I wish everyone knew God as loving Father. It's life-changing. Not everyone uh, grew up the way that I grew up with a loving father and mother. Some of you come from very difficult circumstances, and it's difficult for you to understand the love of a father. But I want you to know today, and that look, look at me, God the Father loves you completely for who you are, no matter what you've done. Through Jesus Christ, you are forgiven, and you are His child. And watch. He doesn't play favorites. When you need him, he's there. When I need him, he's there. When you're new to the Lord, you've just received him as Savior, he's there. When you've been serving him for decades, he's there. You're his child. You'll always be his child, and he loves you dearly and desperately. You see, prayer is not just about results. And prayer does change things. I get I totally get that. But it's about relationship, a relationship with God, our Father. When I was in college, we had one payphone in the center of the dorm. And we would call I would try to call home at least once a week. <clears throat> and my dad gave me a calling card, if you remember those. If you're not my age, you have no concept of a payphone or whatever. Calling card, and you would punch in the numbers of the calling card like a credit card deal, and then you'd punch in the number, and and it would be there, and it was funny. If somebody outside called our dorm phone, somebody would answer it, and they'd yell down the hall, "Randy, it's a call for you." Whatever, whatever, whatever. But we talked uh, about once once a week, and now I talked to uh, when my dad was with us, talked all the time, talked to my mom all the time. We have video now, so we can actually see each other. Um, but we maintain relationship throughout now. It's so great that we pretty much talk to our kids every day. It might just be a text, but we can maintain relationships so much easier now than ever before. Listen, it is easy to maintain a relationship with God, the father. All you have to do is stop doing what you're doing and turn your attention to him and pray sincerely. God, here's where I'm at. <laughs> Pray secretly. It's not about everybody else knowing your prayer life. Pray simply. Lord Jesus, I need your help. Sometimes that's enough. Lord Jesus, I need your help. Just be open and honest. When I was growing up, the great men of God, and they were tremendous men of God, would pray in the King James Version. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. That's how they knew to pray. And their prayers were glorious glorious. And I would think, well, I could never pray like that. And I remember the first time I ever prayed publicly in church, it was on a Sunday night and I was taking the offering and Pastor Louie said, Randy, would you lead us in prayer? And I almost died. I almost died on the spot to ever pray out loud to pray for the offering. I don't even remember what I said. I, I made it through. I made it through. You don't have to pray In words you don't know to try to impress God or certainly try to impress others just be you come to your father your dad say God I'm hurting I need you I need your love today it's not about results it's about relationship so what do we do here's what we do with what we've learned take time every day take time every day to spend time in prayer I like to pray while I'm still laying in bed in the morning simply Lord I love you. Thank you for your love for me. Oftentimes, my prayer goes like something like this. Lord, help me to be a blessing to someone today for your glory. Help me to encourage someone, to bless someone today. If you give me opportunity, Lord, I want to seize it. That's all. And then I pray throughout the day. Just when my mind is in neutral, I want it to go to God. Listen, am I perfect in this, please? You know, I'm not that spiritual a person. (laughs) But I love God. I love God. Take time every day to spend in prayer. Find a a little devotional like that one I shared with you. How long did it take to read? And that was out loud. I could read it, you know. Just take time. Reflect on God. Read scripture. We'll, We'll help you with all of that. That's what we're here for, to help you grow in your relationship to the Lord. Let me finish up here. Take time every day. Take time every week to gather with the people of God, and that's what we're doing today. We're not together in the same place, but we're together in God's presence. Hello? We're not together in the same place, but we're together in God's presence. Take time every week to be with the people of God. Build this relationship with God the Father and let Him take care of the results. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Let's let's have an amen in our comments there. We're here to help you grow in your relationship to the Lord. That's what we do. That's what we do. Let me let me pray with you and and for you. Our heavenly Father, thank you that you are our Father through Jesus Christ. Apart from Christ, we're on the outside. Because of Christ, we've been adopted into your family and have the full rights as sons and daughters because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And so we don't have to come to you proving our worth. You proved our worth by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And now we can enter into the very presence of God, into the throne room of God where we receive mercy and grace because of Jesus. And we come to you today just to be with you and you with us. There's not a problem that we're facing that your presence won't help us through. I pray for every person that's listening. They would sense and feel your presence right now. There's not a problem we face that your presence won't help us through. I know you're going to people right now And you're ministering to them where they're at. Here we are together. But we're all different. And you're meeting us where we need it most. Lord, teach us to pray. This new year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I can't tell you what a joy it has been to be with you today. So excited for this new year. Don't let the start of this year uh, be a hindrance to you. Don't be overwhelmed by the circumstances that are going on around you. God is with you. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right, time for our benediction. I feel like I could preach some more, but I'm not. Um, Time for our benediction. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, more than we could ask or imagine, to Him be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.